Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Kate Hamilton Health Podcast. So in today's episode, I chat with Mairead Keenan. Mairead is a yoga teacher, a Reiki master, and someone who has over 15 years experience in the medical science field. So these are two things that you wouldn't, three things that you wouldn't usually put together. Um, her business is called Cali Rise Wellness, where she offers teachings in yoga, in Reiki, Kirtan and self-love. Um, so this was a really interesting episode and kind of a deeply, deeply spiritual conversation and um, a deeply personal conversation and one that has just left me with a lot to think about. Um, I really, really enjoyed this episode. And uh, we talk about everything from her spiritual awakening to Reiki, to healing and everything in between. So I won't waste any time. I'll just get straight to the episode and I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Mairead, thank you so much for coming today You're and welcome. chatting with me. Well, coming onto the internet. <laughs> it was a bit of a struggle, but we got there. Yes, we did. Meant to be. So tell us a little bit about you. So journey from scientist to yoga teacher and Reiki master. Is Reiki the way you say it? Yes, Reiki. Reiki. Yeah. Nobody knows if it's the right way or the wrong way, but it's how we say it is Reiki. Um, it's, a, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a long one. I don't really know where to start. Um, I was, let's start there. I was a clinical biochemist in St. Vincent's for 17 years. And um, in 2020, along with the world having a little bit of an awakening or we were forced into it, I kind of have had a bit of an awakening during that time as well. And it was a time when kind of everything in my life just fell apart. And I was left with this, what do I do now? And it wasn't really the first time in my life where I was in that moment of where do I go from here, as many people will have been in. But it was different this time because it was, oh, not this again. I can't keep going with this. I thought I had everything sorted. And I started kind of looking into different ways of wanting to be on the earth still because I was not wanting to be on the earth still. So um, kind of coming up to that time, I was in the middle of doing my yoga teacher training and why I went into that, I'm not really too sure, but I ended up in it. Um, I had just had a baby and I'd always been fit. I was an ultra runner. I did lots of yoga, all of that stuff. And it all stopped during pregnancy. And I was trying to kind of grab some me time back um, so he was about nine months and I started going back to yoga classes just to have an hour to myself. That's why I started going back. But when I went back this time, it was much different. I was finding that I wasn't just getting the physical benefits of it. I was getting the mental break and the, men the huge mental wellness thing that happens to you in a yoga class. I know you do yoga. So, you know, at the end of your yoga class when you come out of Shavasana and all my students do it. They do this, oh, thanks for that was brilliant. They do this yeah. big sigh. And I did that in that class going back. And I decided, because I have a curious mind, that I wanted to know what that was. Because I wanted to not just have that at the end of my yoga class. So I didn't go into the yoga teacher training to become a yoga teacher. I did it very self selfishly to just be able to tap into that moment of calm in my normal day-to-day -day. so 
Um, it was a nine month course with Teresa Murphy Moore in uh, Yoga Sacred Space with Clotin Plug. <laughs> and it was brilliant doing it over that the months because you got to sit in the teachings for so long. So I was about six months in when, you know, my partner left, COVID happened, I couldn't go to my job and my everything that was stable in my life just collapsed and I was left standing on my own. And it's when I really went deeply into myself to try and figure out what I was doing wrong because I thought I was making all good decisions in life and I was ending up in heartbreak and pain um, with lots of trauma and all of this. So I wanted to figure out like, like what am I doing? Why am I doing this all the time? Um, so it pushed me more into kind of the, the philosophy side of yoga as well because I was looking for meaning. I was looking for direction and I was looking for clarity. So I got obsessed with the philosophical teachings of yoga and they were written many thousands of years ago, but it was like this guru came out of the wilderness with all these things that made sense to me in 2020, so many thousands of years later. Um, so I decided in that time, I had many crazy, many crazy stories of kind of the three months when my, I suppose people in the business would say my third eye just went whoosh and opened up and I was doing lots of meditation. I was doing like three hour meditations every night and I was going to all these places and having all these journeys and having these conversations with myself and trying to kind of unravel everything that's happened to me in my life and to find the lessons, to find the wisdom and to, I suppose, not make better decisions, but make more authentic decisions um, as I stepped into this new life that I've been given. Um, so uh, I finished that yoga teacher training and obviously it was 2020, so we were all on Zoom. And uh, so that was, it was tough getting going on the Zoom. Um, you know, when you're starting out, it's a hard place to start a business. Um, but a lot of, I started questioning every aspect of my life, my job my relationship with my like family my friends everything once you start like opening that box the whole thing just explodes and after I went back to work kind of three months later because I couldn't go to work because I had no childcare, and so I was kind of forced to stay at home and forced to be in my house and forced to spend 24 7 with my two-year-old um which I wouldn't have done because you know I was working working so I never wanted to be a stay-at-home mom but I absolutely loved it and it's like my favorite time now so I'm so grateful that I was forced into that position so when I went back to work I was just oh this is doing nothing for me now my soul is like crushed every time I went in so I decided at the end of 2020 to leave my 17-year career um and step into nothing had no plan single mother mortgage everything um, but I just um, knew that I was following something bigger and I now had nothing to lose. So I, I had the courage to make those decisions because I had nothing to lose. You know, I think, you know, it's people always say to me, oh, you're so brave. I was like, I literally have no other choice. And that's how I felt. It was do this or get off, like, totally. So that's... Um, when I first stepped into Reiki was um, that January is when I met my Reiki healer. And I went to her house 
for my first session and I stayed three hours, cried most of it. And I drove home from that session with nothing in my head, with like literally there were no thoughts. Nothing. And it was this peace and this calm. And I was in a storm and in absolute chaos. And I just drove home and it, it was like, oh, I, I have no thoughts. That was my only thought was I have no thoughts. I still have no thoughts. It was the weirdest thing because I'm the, in the driving going, blah, 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 blah. you know, where you're like that in your head. Yeah. Going, blah, 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 blah. So I thought, what is this crazy thing that I'm after doing? And what has this woman in Kildare done to me? And when can she do it again? Yeah. My other, can I? Can you live with me and do this every morning? So I started going back to her a, a lot, and of course, again, the curious mind wanted to deep, deep dive further into it, and um, decided to do the Reiki level one, level two, level three is what you do. So over the next two years, I did all those levels, and. Which each with each level comes a comes another clearing, so it it can be very messy work. <laughs> it's not that pleasant. It's not calm all the time, but it does. It, you know what it's done for me. I always say that um, the yoga opened me up, and I say the Reiki then filled me up. You know, so that's, that's what kind of how I describe them both. Um, I don't see any difference in either of them. They're both um energy healing practices they're they're both stuff they do um so I love putting them together and that's what I do in my workshops and my retreats now is bring both sides of it together um and try to create whatever comes out at the end of it that's amazing I have so much now that I need to unpack from what you've told me so we've loads to talk about so first of all I just want to take it back to um when you said about when you started getting really into yoga and this time it was like all of a sudden you were like tapping into your true self I don't know if those were the words you used but yeah and you said about your third eye just opening right because it's really like I'm so I am very very much a yoga novice I do yoga infrequently I get into it for a while and I do it every week and then I get too busy and then it just like drops and then I'm I then I need it again um but I found not so much in yoga classes, but if I do like a guided meditation at home in my bed, I can feel my third eye throbbing. What the fuck is that? <laughs> That's funny. I've I met I've met like lots of fellow hippies on this journey in the last couple of years. And I've one friend who's like closest friend now. And in the beginning of our friendship, every time I was around her, my third eye got itchy. So I'd sit there and she'd go, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know what is happening to me. <laughs> Every time she was beside me. So that is just, it's, it's, so with your chakras, which is the proper way to pronounce it, hopefully, um, you know about the chakra system? The seven chakras. So yeah, do, you want to, do you want to explain just because other people might not? So they're, they're energy um, systems, energy centers in your body. Um, and we have one here between your eyes, which is called the third eye, which I would want to talk about. So that one is kind of to do with, you know, your creativity and your vision. And, you know, it, artists will have really open third eyes. You know, the people who are like, how were you able to create that? Because they have this. And some people are born with like an open connection and some people are not. It doesn't mean like you can't get there. You can open all these things. And they close during the day and they open other times of the day, depending on what's happening. 
So with the, the energy centers, um, if you're not kind of clearing them or doing any sort of suppose, spiritual hygiene is what they call it, kind of, um, they can get stagnant. If you have any trauma, the trauma can get held in it. They can stop, they can close. Um, they can overflow as well. So all this, like with the physical practice of yoga, that feeling you're getting at the end, you're actually moving all your chakras and opening up all your chakras when you're doing the poses as well. So when you get to the end and you're settling down in Shavasana, you're settling down all that lovely flowing energy and all your energy centers are nice and open. And that's why you get that feeling. So everything you do in yoga is to take you to that place of meditation, to get you ready for meditation. So Shavasana is, is the most important part of the practice because you're doing all that work and funny things to get to that place. So when you're feeling that throbbing in your third eye, um, it, it's starting to open for you. Are you, are, with your business, do you get a lot of ideas? And that yeah. yeah, that'll, that'll be like your third eye opening. Has that just happened for you in the last few years or were you always like Yeah, just in the last few years. I suppose the last few years I've been very much on my own self-development journey. And um, like before COVID, like yourself, I was in a career, like I was a teacher for 15 years and was in a career that just was kind of dragging me along. Just this is what I do. This, You know, I went to college. I did this. Now this is what I do. I have kids. I have a mortgage. We just go yeah. to work and get on with it. It was only when it all stopped. And since 2020, and um, I've started this journey of, of personal development and I've discovered so much about myself and got a little bit more into yoga, but just in general, self-care, a bit of meditation. Um, and I started writing a lot. Like, so I like now my writing is usually now like my weekly emails, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> that it was like journaling or just, yeah, writing things down or my program, like my eight week Nourish, Move and Shine program, I wrote during, um, lockdown so like a, then I broke it up into eight weeks and put it into the staged program of, of you know health and fitness and wellness but um like I just suddenly it was like just this gush of creativity came out of me when everything stopped and I've now learned to kind of this this feeling like in my gut I now just I make decisions really quickly really big decisions and I'm like okay no I have to do this and I'll just go I'll just quit something or I'll just do something else and but I know it's right like and I have this new kind of trust in myself where I'm like I feel very very in tune with myself and the only thing that has really changed I haven't really got that into um wellness I got into fitness before COVID the only thing that really changed was I slowed down and I stopped and actually started to listen to myself and then once I realized what happened when I listened to myself I started to give myself that like some days it could only literally be five minutes like it could it literally sometimes my only stopping time will be in bed before I go to sleep I'll take a few deep breaths and I'll really kind of connect with myself or sometimes I'll do a guided meditation at that stage and that yeah I suppose that's a roundabout way of answering what you're asking yeah, me. I mean that is kind of it's kind of typical of what happened like it happened to me as well um, and because when we're in this society, the Western society, we're bombarded from a really young age of how we should think, how we should feel, what we should do. You know, it's all about what we should be doing. Um, we should be going to school. We should be sitting in school at desks for how many hours? Like in my house, I had two teachers as parents and it was, you know, what university are you going to? Never mind. Are, do you want to go? You know, same. So, same. you know that you're there. getting a degree pick one I don't care yeah. you're doing one yeah. yeah and then I got a permanent pensionable public service job she's set 
Um, so, you know, so and but then we're listening in advertising of what car we should be driving, what food we should be eating. You're listening all the time, being told what you should be doing. And during COVID, people had the time to stop and sit and go, hang on, is this what I want? Is this really what I want to do? And that's why there's been such an explosion of like there's an explosion of rape healers and yoga teachers and things everywhere, which is wonderful because people are doing like you have to do the work for yourself before you go out and, and try and help other people. And all I want in the world is for everybody to do this for themselves because it just creates such a wonderful world we live in. So that was the wonderful thing was taking time and the yoga and the meditation and all of that thing just gives yourself that space to check in and even go, like, you know, somebody say to me, I'm having a bad day today. I'm like, have you asked yourself how you're feeling? No, well, go and ask yourself. And then they'll figure out they're actually just hungry or they haven't drunk enough water today. Or, you know, somebody said something to them that triggered them, you know, and all, whatever it is. But taking that time to have a moment to go, how am I feeling, you know? We don't do that because we're bombarded with everything all the time to keep us distracted, you know. Yeah, we're just buying things. Yeah, we just live this kind of reactionary life. And that's very much how I felt that my whole life was just a reaction of everything that was happening to me. Like, and I was in this cycle that I just couldn't really get out of. And um, it's very overwhelming living like that because you're on the back foot all the time and you're you're trying to keep up and and you feel like you're out of control all the time. So it's, it's living in that stress response constantly you know and all those hormones are going 90 all the time and that's why we have all these you know health problems is not all of them but you know the majority of them is because we're living in in that stress response all the time you know because we're we're not being chased by dinosaurs anymore so we we don't really have a need to be in survival mode all the time you know we should be pretty chill and we should use that um fight or flight when needed um, yeah. it's there it's very important that it's there it's you know part of our survival but really we should be living in, in the calm nervous system and then only use that when needed but it's flipped the other way which is why everybody is so you know attracted to the wellness world whether it's ice bath whether it's whatever it is sea swimming everyone I think even fitness swimming. like you know a lot of you know that kind of state that you say that you feel after a yoga class and I know that feeling when you're you're ready for shavasana like I'd often walk down to beach I live near the sea and I'd I love going for a walk with myself it's getting harder because my husband's like oh can I come and then suddenly the spot the five-year-old's coming to him like I just want to be alone <laughs> like yes of course <laughs> but um so then suddenly it's a family walk but when I do get out by myself and I go down and I love to sit on the beach and um I just breathe in the sea and I have like a little meditation there. But I find that I feel I like I do a really fast walk down and I'm energized. I can feel the energy flowing in my body when I sit down to the sea. And actually, another point while I think of it, uh, one um, that Brezzy had told me about as well. And like, like I was doing it without even realizing it. But he was saying that the <clears throat> the pagans in Ireland um, used to meditate off the land. And I was like, I do that without even realizing it. I sit on the seat. Like I look, there's something about the seat that just draws me to it. And I sit down and just like feeling the stones under my hands and feet. And I'm like, I just, it centers me. And it's, I find it to be a really good place to be able to connect with myself and with the universe. But also I think the walk before it, I think if I just drove down and sat on the beach, like in my head, I wouldn't get that same connection. So I walk to the beach, sit 
have a moment and then walk back. Well, that's all that's all grounding. And, you know, Mama Earth will take everything. She takes everything that we don't need anymore. And she takes all the negative energy out and she builds beautiful trees and whatever beautiful flowers that she does with it. So when you're down there and you are touching the beach or your feet are touching or put your feet in the sea or whatever you do, just like imagine all of the stress and all of the worry and all of the, everything just going down and she's just going to take it away. But, you know, and that's what she does. And that's actually scientifically proven as well. <laughs> That it does that it's to do with negative electrons positive electrons all of that stuff but there is a transfer um so that's why you know being in nature is so important for humans um i don't think we really realize how important it is because nature heals you know yeah yeah no definitely and like it's nice to hear as well that there's a science behind it too you know because some people listening might be a bit like oh like you know I don't know about all this Reiki yoga stuff, but talk to me a little bit about the chakras. So my understanding, now correct me if I'm wrong, with the chakras. So obviously you've got seven chakras in the body and it's an energy system. It is technically the endocrine endocrine system. Yeah, they're they're all connected to different endocrine systems in your body. So yeah. So like the root chakra is is like yeah, like for example, the you've got like the pancreas is is the soul is near the solar plexus, isn't that right? And like yeah. Yeah, and the, and then what what do you call the the orange chakra? What's that called again? Well, so the sacral. So you've got the root sacral, down yeah. the bottom. You've your sacral just above your navel. Your solar plexus is at your mm. tummy. Your heart, your heart, your throat yeah. is at your throat. Your third eye is here, and then your crown is here. And they're the main ones. So there are actually lots more. Please don't yeah. tell me. Ask me. But isn't it like the chakras up here? Like is your pineal gland and your pituitary gland? Yeah it's the, yeah. so it is uh, yeah. so like for people who don't believe it and think people yeah. have made it up it is scientifically well, when you are I exercising these... them, you know when because because I, I have three science degrees guys but yeah. you know when I went into because I, I'm just like addicted to doing courses I, I love learning I, I love it and I love just get doing exams and getting a search I just addicted to it done it so many but when I went into kind of the spiritual side and I started doing qualifications in that, I tried to leave my science brain at home, my intellect. I tried to kind of get that and throw it away and just go from the heart with all of this and, and learn by feeling, just mm. allowing myself to feel it and trusting that that was real, you know, and believing it. So if you if you get a shock, if somebody gives you bad news, if, if you watch somebody, they'll go like this. <clears throat> And their hands will go straight here. And like we're all healers. Every single person on this earth has healing hands. And that's what you're doing for yourself. You're, you're healing your heart, um, protecting your heart when you get a shock. If you, you have kids, if they fall over outside, the first thing you're going to do is do the mammy rub and it'll be better. You put your hand on it and you rub it better. And it, and it works. <laughs> yeah. And that's, you know, that we're just so just intuitively guided with the hands and the hands know what to do um mm. and when I started heat like, not healing people but doing sessions on people I had to trust where my hands were going I just let them go wherever they needed to go and I'm doing mad stuff up in the air I don't know what it is but you know whatever it needs to happen and I feel that humans actually can't understand what it is um so it's I find it really difficult to explain because I do it through feeling because it's it's magic it's it's beyond our understanding 
And what I feel blessed to have done is to trust it. And that's when everything changed for me was when I just started trusting uh, my intuition, trusting the universe, trusting everything um, is what changed for me. You know, and it's the same thing, you know, in the olden days, as they say, about having faith, really, isn't it? Like, it's, yeah. you know, just actually like and actually one thing that I that I did during COVID as well was surrendering to it. Like I, I just literally instead of constantly fighting against life, I was like, OK, I surrender to it. And then but it was just such a liberating yeah. feeling to just yeah. be like, OK, what will be will be in yeah. relation to all of the lockdowns in relation everything. to everything. Like my dad was in hospital for five weeks. You know, it was a really, really tough time. But I was like, I, I surrender to it. Like I trust that things will work out, but not even trust. I knew like I knew things were going to work out. Yeah. But my surrender I, moment was a little bit messier. I stand at the kitchen table in like the floods of tears, floods of tears in desperate, desperate desperation. And um, I just said from my gut, I said, right, guys, I am no good at life. I am no good at making decisions. I'm just going to do what you tell me to do. And I don't know who I was talking to. Who was I talking to? And I just said, you just tell me what to do and I will do it. And I heard this voice that said, oh, thank God. Now we can get to work. (laughs) As clear as as if it was somebody speaking in, in the kitchen with me. And from then on, I have listen to that voice and it hasn't failed me since so what advice would you give to someone who's listening now and you know because you said early on in the podcast you had got to the stage that um you felt like you didn't want to be here anymore so anyone who might be feeling that way or maybe not feeling quite like that but is really struggling and they're like oh yeah but you're like what am I supposed to do how, like how do I break like it, it's not an easy situation to get out of no it's not it's the first thing to do is talk to somebody professional uh, at 100 that's always Mm -hmm. your first protocol that can be your gp that can be a therapist that can be anybody out there um absolutely um firstly the second thing um to do is you know to try try everything try you know and i know people say what it's so hard and when you're healing from stuff you know, you can feel good and then feel bad and then feel good and then feel bad. And you kind of get lost in this process of, well, you know, that person on her Instagram journals every morning and look at her life. Or this person does a gratitude list at my time. Like, I don't do any of that stuff. I'm, I, that's not for me. Um, and people, like, the jaws will drop at my workshops when I say I don't journal and I don't do gratitude <laughs> because it's just not for me, you know, and yeah. it just, it, doesn't reflect who I am as so you don't have to do what everybody else is doing or these five top tips for a better Sunday or whatever it is you find your way you are your best teacher you are your best guide you are your best friend and to know that and to know that you know all the answers you just have to start listening and sometimes you need to go to the therapist to talk it out to get past the to clear that space yeah like to clear that space to be able to connect and just to have a safe space because a lot of people don't have a safe space just to say what's on their mind a lot of other people like I was I didn't have the words to express how I felt I I never developed that side of myself I had um, a trauma um, in my childhood that shut me down to kind of developing that um, so I had to kind of relearn how to 
say how I felt, which is, which sounds funny, but I just I didn't even know how I felt. I was so disconnected. Um, so I had to relearn that um, to know that you deserve to feel joy every day because I didn't know that. Um, I didn't know that I was. I thought I'd just been handed a bad set of cards and this was my life forever and I was just going to suffer. And that's what the life I led because that's what was in my heart was you're here to be used and abused and 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 walked all over and and so it was when I started changing it was self-love really and I am kind of the self-love queen um I didn't know that self-love existed I didn't know that we were meant to love ourselves I thought there was just one type of love and that was romantic and that was in the movies and all of that and, and when I went through this kind of um work I realized that there's lots of different types of love and none of them are better than the other and none makes you more fulfilled than the other. But the most important one is the love for self. So once I started loving myself, um, everything changed as well. And I started realizing, you know, I am amazing. You know, look at me, look at all I've been through. I'm intelligent. I'm like super hot. I have a great personality and like all of these things, I'm so successful, educated. Like I am, yeah, I'm, I'm good, you know, but I never looked at myself like that, you know, before. And I think when you start shining from the inside out, um, that's when you start attracting the life that you deserve as well. So start inside. Yeah. Start with yourself. With support, 100%. With good support. Yeah. Definitely. And I know you don't want to go into too much detail about your background as well. And um, but I um, when you started on that journey of self-love where you were like, you know, that you 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 believed beforehand that you were, you know, this was your life that, it, you know, you were just going to be used, abused, as you say. But um, and then you, you started building this belief in yourself and this love for yourself. Did you do that with a professional initially? No, that was all by myself. It just this was just your awakening that you had. No, no, that's okay to yeah, say. Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was kind of in those um I, I like I feel because I was in Wicklow, um nobody could visit us. It was just me and my son in my house for kind of three months. And I feel like I went to an ashram in the middle of the Himalayas. That's how far I felt away from society. I didn't really know what was going on with COVID. Um because I had so much stuff going on for myself. Um, so you don't have to go to Bali. You don't have to go to India. You don't, you know, you don't, you, it's beautiful and wonderful to visit all these places. But the most important place that you have to go to in all of this is inside yourself. And you can do that anywhere. Um, so that's, that's what I did as I went in. And, um, you know, the meditations are crazy. I met people and had conversations and, we discussed my childhood trauma and they gave me tips on how to recover. And how, sorry, sorry to interrupt. How did you do this? Is this from meditation? Is this purely for yeah. the reason why I'm asking is because I was speaking um, last week with um, Dr. Um, Kathy Scanlon, who's a breathwork coach. I don't know if you've heard of her, but uh -huh. she does active. She's do, done. She does active breathwork and she's really into like. I'm, like, I'm having a session with her now in a couple of weeks and I'm scared like I'm terrified yeah you she's like <laughs> she's like that you have like psychedelic experiences yeah and she's like you're on these yeah. journeys and I'm like what the fuck so like you're so you're at home with your little boy kind of closed off from the world it's you know you've a lot you've a lot going on and you're going within yourself so are you like you're doing yoga 
and you're lying down and you're doing meditations am I right yeah meditative breathing rather than not like active breathing no I I put him to bed it was honestly it was just the space I was in and the time and everything came together so perfectly I had the space to do it I had I was like they call it have you heard of the dark night of the soul that kind of part of a spiritual awakening it's kind of at the beginning of your of an awakening is you go into this dark night of the soul and it's it's falsely advertised because it's way more than a night for me it was about three months three to six months um of just being in this like horrendous drag through a bush backwards all the stuff from your life coming up all your insecurities all the stuff you have to take accountability for you know it's just that part of it where real hits you in the face and that's what was happening to me in those three months was I was in the dark night of the soul and I was just looking just seeking and searching so I would put him to bed I would go down to my sit room I just straight away lie on the floor and just allow so I was in that complete surrender state and then people would just start appearing and I can't yeah. like <laughs> That's like I, I, I was you know a scientist I didn't believe I believe that when we died we went and we were plant food you know I, I did not believe in anything um and I believe now because I have experienced it firsthand and like for the meditation I had for I do not recommend anybody trying this for their own childhood trauma because this was just my thing um so yeah so they gave me three steps to heal from the childhood trauma and that was you know it involved forgiving myself for the stuff that I did because of the trauma you know out of that I had that was re- that was the most difficult because I'd hurt people um mm. because I was traumatized I, I was spreading it around so that to kind of go in and forgive myself for that was really difficult uh, one simple one was to change perspective. So when I looked back at my childhood, I just saw hell, you know, and they replayed, this has gone really mad, but they replayed bits of my childhood in my head that were wonderful and wholesome and healthy and beautiful and full of love. And it was like, a look, it wasn't all that bad, you know, to try and change my perspective on it. Mm. Um, And then I had to learn to trust again to people. I was trusting myself at this point, but I had real issues with trusting people. Um, So that is kind of one I'm still kind of working on. Um, (laughs) We're getting there, though. Trusting a few people now. Not all. Um, But so we're getting there. So like that was one night. And we would kind of do that. And then they'd go right off you go. And I'd be like, oh, okay. And then in like two weeks, I feel better about everything. And it was Amazing. just weird, the weirdest thing. And then we kind of set into another thing. Was this um, done through a guided meditation? No, just me sitting. Just you. And yeah. yeah. So when you, when you say we, you're like, or they, you're like the people that were appearing to you. I suppose people will call them your guardians, your your angels, your Amazing. spirit team. Um, I feel their energies. They're you. Yeah. They're, 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 they're me. Um, but like I, we're more than just this body like we're so much more like if you yeah. walk into a room and somebody's just after having a row you know about it you can sense it you yeah. know or you know you, have you ever had that time where you're thinking about somebody and then they ring you or they text you like that that's 
you know, we, we're way more than just this little body. So I feel like that they're they're part of me. And yeah. like I, I named them and everything. There's like wisdom and joy and grace and um, love. And, it, you know, it's my wisdom, it's my joy, it's my grace, it's my love. And they all live in here. And um, kind of after, like I went on a, on a really accelerated course with them for those three months of, of taking apart the, well, I was 38 at the time, taking apart like every aspect of my life and putting it back together again to try and learn and move on, you know? So again, it's still, still an ongoing process. Did you find it really hard to adjust back to life after those three months? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. To walk back into well, didn't we, didn't we all? But like if you went on all these journeys every night yeah. for three months, that yeah. must have been really hard to be like, OK, now I have to go outside and, you know. Totally. But the, the, what kept me on in reality was my son because I had to feed him and clothe him and he wanted to play. And so he yeah. kept me completely grounded in that time. Otherwise, I would have gone like, I don't know where I'd be. So only for him, that's that, you know, his his reason for coming to this earth, one of them was to make sure his mommy didn't go completely delula. Um, he has many reasons, but that's one of them and a very important one. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah so, you know, because he didn't care that I was off chatting to whoever at nighttime while he was asleep. He wanted his breakfast. So, yeah. you know, that's definitely what kept me here. And then when I went back into work, it was still, uh, it's a haze. It's a haze. And I lasted six months and I had to go, you know, I just couldn't do it anymore. But at least you knew because you'd done that work, you knew it wasn't right. And you'd gotten rid of that constant monkey mind, as they call it, that you're like, oh, but like, well, how am I going to pay my mortgage? And how am I going to do this? And no, I can't leave my job because it's a pensionable job. And, blah, 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 and yeah. all these people are, you know, it's like you just know. And that's how I feel now. I feel like I just know when I make decisions and I just trust. And I'm like, I don't listen to that anymore, um, which, which is a huge thing. So with your teachings that you you experience you experienced through this time is that what you now do with other people do you do you take a lot of that journey to help guide other people through things in your healing what do I do now what I try and hopefully do now is create a space for people to do that for themselves so I'm not here to teach anybody anything or tell anybody what to do um that's not my business but what I can do is create a non-judgmental safe um, space where you're fully accepted to be your full, you know, full self, worth and all, um, to, you know, I suppose, hold people in their own self-discovery. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, so, and know for example, if if I just say wanted, I decide, which I probably will now, I'm like, I decide, okay, I want to come down to you and I want to tap into this a bit more. You know, my, my throbbing third eye, I'm like, I'm yeah. ready to kind of, you know explore a little bit more about my own spirituality and you know there are certain fears and certain blockages there within me and I know I'm like I know I'm only tipping the iceberg so I'm really interested so if I was to come down to you what would you do to me <laughs> uh, I, do, I don't know what happens every single healing is different every single session shall I say is different so it depends on um what the person is coming with I will do Reiki yeah um, which is, I, I don't do Reiki. I open up a channel, I suppose is what you'd call it. And, and I become a channel for healing energy to come in. 
but you're doing all the work and I'm just standing there yeah. and looking pretty, you know. So it, it is diff- different for everybody and people get different things out of it. Some people feel absolutely nothing and go, mm-hmm. this woman is a total. And then other people will be on the floor going, oh my God, you know, having the best moment ever of relief and release. So it, ju- it does really depend on the person, but it, it'll be um, with the Reiki, what we can do is uh, release stagnant energy, release negative energy. You can rebalance energy. You know, it's, it's all about, m- I move things around. I don't know if I'm explaining it very well. So if, uh, so like, if I come to your place of work, and so you come in and you're like, do I lie down on a bed? On a yoga no, mat? What have, happens? You have a big long chat with me first. Okay. And then um, I get a lot of information from the chat. Um, and I, I am talking to my team. My team are talking to your team. <laughs> and I'm getting things back. So I'll get, I get a lot from the chat. And um, okay. it's always lovely. I love chatting. And then after that, you will lie on the bed and I will place my hands or do whatever I need to do with the hands. Um, Move the me. energy around, basically. So you get it? you get more information. Um, kind of if the, if you're really open to it, and I know you are, because I can see you are, um, that you can come in and just go, do whatever. Then then I, I get in. Some people I have to kind of get the shovel and dig in. But um, yeah. so you do get more information in, the I suppose the physical healing of that <laughs> and, and then afterwards we have another chat about what I felt during that time or what you felt during that time and see you know why was I thinking of this person or you know a lot of the times it'll be if somebody will come into the room or the person and then they'll be like why was I thinking of that person and I'm like well because they were over there it's it's lots of different crazy things happen and every healer out there is is different and none are better than anyone else um, you're just it's you go to whoever you, res- you resonate with and whoever you kind of click with it's the exact same if you're going to a therapist you know I, I've gone to therapists where I just felt so awkward and I just, yeah. didn't, I just wanted to leave instantly it doesn't mean that they were bad therapists it just meant that the click wasn't there so uh, you know if you do go to somebody and you didn't know it, do, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're bad at what they do or they weren't doing it right. You know, it might just be that the fit wasn't right. Yeah, it's so interesting. Like I know with my, my healer, she is, and my yoga teacher, <laughs> they are my angels on this earth. They're my earth mammies, I call them. They're, you know, the ones I go to for advice, the ones I go to for decisions about life. You know, they are my mammies. Um, and that's what they have become for me. And they are right. Wise, wise women. Amazing. Okay, so it's really the whole purpose of it then really is just to, if if someone is struggling to kind of connect with themselves, they're feeling a bit lost, they're feeling a bit stressed, any like there's loads of different reasons to, to try out Reiki as well, yeah? Hundreds of different reasons. Some people come and they don't know why they're there. They just saw me on Instagram and wanted to come. And during the session, we'll figure out why they're there. So if you're feeling that that's part of the trust is listening to that pull. So if you're constantly like checking somebody's Instagram going, will will I uh, go? You know, it may not be me, it could be whoever. Um, 
but follow that pull because there's a reason that you're being pulled to that person you know there's always a reason yeah it's interesting because I find at the minute in my awareness it's it's so much about yeah it's about like I hear so much about Reiki at the minute and meditation um ayahuasca like I, I keep hearing people talking about ayahuasca and psychedelics in general and then this breath work and I'm like literally like I'm like are people trying to make me go on a trip I'm like I'm and I was like as a young person I was very anxious I remember like smoking hash years ago and it literally made me paranoid and <laughs> thought I, I thought I was going to die so I never did any other drugs ever like so I was yeah. only ever just a drinking and smoking cigarettes kind of gal back in the day <laughs> but like I was never like I would never touch a drug so like the fact that I keep getting this pull towards these like things that are trying to bring me on a whole new experience it's I think it's like someone is trying to pull me away from fears that I'm still holding on to if that makes sense and with those you know with the ayahuasca and that they're they're plant medicines they're you know they're not drugs really you're not you know it's it's a plant medicine plant medicine (laughs) still freaks me out (laughs) but to to my my advice on that is to do it do it with somebody who knows what they're doing um you know these are sacred practices and you know the western world likes to take them and package them and market them and sell them on so just you know be really fussy about um who you plant medicine with this would be my advice yeah oh yeah that's not going to be happening for me for a long time (laughs) I think I'll try a little bit of Reiki and maybe a bit of breath work first you know (laughs) but the breath work is a that's pranayama it's a yoga practice and um you know, that's, that's about your prana, which is your life force. And it's about expanding that life force. It's not just about, you know, the breath work does that. So it, that is a trip. That is a trip because you're, you know, expanding your life force, which is quite interesting. Yeah, but I, I did a bit of that and um, I'm not really that into it. Um, the, it didn't work for me. Um, the the breath work or the ayahuasca? Sorry. The, the breath work. Breath work, um, yeah. And I know, you know, I went to a workshop one time and people were having crazy experiences left and right to me and, and I got nothing out of it. And I think I, I used to have four panic attacks a day. So I was quite bad with panic. And and now I've learned how to breathe properly and, I, and I'm calm. And, and I think that the breath work, when it goes that kind of, you know, intense breath work, I'm just like, no, I don't want to go back there again. I just, I, you know, I'm did that for too long so that's how I feel as well like because I I, you know I had like a stint like of many years in my 20s where I you know chronic anxiety I was diagnosed with panic disorder and like that daily panic panic attacks if not multiple daily panic attacks it was like like so it was kind of you know debilitating at the time and I remember that feeling of pure suffocation like literally not being able to breathe properly and you know heart palpitations and the whole lot and I, I think the the like what's left of the fear that I have from that time in my life like I've obviously worked on myself a lot since I've, I've been through therapy I had to go through therapy to get through that obviously you know all, all the kind of self-development and self-care I put into myself over the years to ensure that I never went back there but I think whatever's pulling me at the minute is trying to heal what's left yeah. inside that makes sense yeah it, but does. I, it totally does and that's not to say that like I feel like I'm only a whippet in this world as well like really I tipped you told tip of the iceberg that's how I feel and that's hopefully how I feel for the rest of my life about it is that I know I know nothing um but it's not to say in two years time 
I'm going to absolutely love doing that stuff. You know, it, it's part of where you are in your journey right now and, and mm-hmm. what resonates with you. And some people will do Reiki and become Reiki masters. And then five years later go, ah, I'm going to throw on to something else. And it's just about like it's, it's about growing all the time. And yeah. just because Reiki or yoga or whatever um, you're doing in this moment is making you feel like this, it doesn't mean that it's going to be there for you. And it's okay to let things go and discover new things as well. And I do kirtan as well. I don't know if you know what that is. I was, that's literally down. I have a question here. What is Reiki? What is kirtan? <laughs> and how do I say kirtan? <laughs> So that is chanting, basically. And everyone goes, when they hear chanting. So it's a Hindu tradition. It's done with a harmonium um, traditionally, mainly, which is a little piano accordion thing. You know that you can Google it after. And it's basically chanting the names of the gods. So, you know, Mm -hmm. in, in Hindu tradition, they have hundreds of gods. And they are all energies that live inside us as well. You know, so when I heard this about Hindu tradition, I was like, oh, my God, totally vibing with you guys. And what that has done for me, I cannot explain to you. I got I've been playing piano my whole life. I've been playing music my whole life. I was four when I started piano lessons, qualified as a teacher when I was 17. Absolutely loved it. Um, and then I, you know, left it behind when I went to college and found booze and boys, you know, the way you do. Yeah. And this was kind of my reintroduction back into that because I used the piano a lot as a child and as a teenager to express my feelings. And, you know, when I was down in the darkness of the dark night of the soul, um, I used that as well to get myself out. So the beautiful thing about Kirtan is you sing, well, you chant the Sanskrit words, which is a vibrational language. So that will actually open up your chakras just saying the words will open up your your chakras um so when you're chanting them and I was playing the music it was like just mixing all these wonderful amazing things that I just loved and what it does because you don't know what the words mean as well because they're in Sanskrit and I don't speak fluent Sanskrit yet put that on the CV soon um (laughs) you kind of that intellectual mind is left at the door as well and you just have to go with your feelings so I don't know if you know Ram Dass and everybody always slags me because I can't do any talk or any workshop without mentioning this man, Ram Dass. I don't know if you know him. No, nope, never you have to. You have to look him up. He's even got a Netflix thing you could watch later. Oh, um, amazing. What's his name? Sorry, spell this for me. It's R-A-M. R-A-M. D-A-S-S. D-A-S-S. Fantastic, amazing man who was a um a psychiatrist in harvard in the 60s and started dropping acid and the rest is history so he, he's he's got an amazing story so and loads of books and youtube talks and everything you'd be obsessed with them by the end of it and i don't get permission but i should so he will describe the kirtan as you know going straight past that intellectual mind directly into the heart and you don't stand a chance with this so it will open up you and I have had people uncontrollably laugh and they don't know why they're just on the floor I had a girl laugh for 15 minutes in one workshop and I'm like go for it girl feel the feel you have other people crying um you it just anything can happen in it and it's just about just letting yourself open to it so it's a heart opener really um 
but it also for me you chant from down here in the gut so it gets all the so now if you know I get mammy mad which is what my son calls it he'll just like why don't you just go do your singing you know because <laughs> I come back a different person after all in the studio and I'll come back and I go hi honey I love you so much but even he, he you know because I suppose I started when he was two and he's been you know listening to the kirtan since he was able to listen um and he will chant now if he's stuck at a jigsaw I hear him chanting to Ganesh who's the remove of obstacles so Ganesh will remove obstacles that are in your way to your to your true life path so he'll be sitting there with his jigsaw from saying and from other people that I've spoken to recently like I feel like with this podcast I'm learning so much because I'm speaking to so many people with so many areas of expertise but like I just like this is a whole world that like Kate back in back five years ago like knew nothing about I genuinely believed you were either good or some, good at something you were bad at something you know this was your life or it wasn't you know some people were lucky some people were talented you know and that's some you know when even when it came to mental health you know like I was terrified of like losing my mind I'm like oh I hope that doesn't happen to me you know like as if it was a victim you know that whereas now like what I've discovered from speaking to so many people that it's absolutely crucial for our survival that we learn to control that thinking mind like everything you're saying that you do in your different practices and anyone else I've talked to it's about tapping like you say bypassing the thinking mind or slowing it down or quietening it to listen to your heart or to listen to that part of the brain that doesn't get a voice most of the time and that's the voice that you're hearing and it's your true self and when you can connect with that even for two minutes a day it's giving you that little bit of direction to be able to make the right decisions and I just think that personally decluttering my life like like uncomplicating it all together stop doing shit I don't like doing stop spending time with people I don't want to spend time with stop doing things that I feel I should do and literally just lean into what I feel is right for me and that is self-love that is you practicing self-love so self-love is not like getting a, a hot bath or going for a massage or whatever that's like what I put into self-care which is super important but self-love is allowing you to be you, un, like unapologetically you. And, and the biggest, um, it's another thing you can look up is shadow work. Have you looked up that? I love shadow work. I love me a shadow. Um, and that is basically, it's Carl Jung is, is another guy, another, another guy. I've heard, I've heard of Carl Jung. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you'd be Talk to me this time next year, I'm going to be such an expert on all of this stuff from all these conversations. 
what he kind of describes the shadow because he's kind of the one who came up with it was like a, a seesaw and when we're born we're like this and then we're told uh, being shy is bad and if you're shy you're bad it's, it's like oh don't be shy go over there and give them a hug and or if you know you talk too much you know you're it's bad so that the start tipping this way and all the bits about yourself that are your true self the society or your parents or whatever um not blaming parents at all it's generational um but that society sees as bad you kind of stipped and you put them into the shadows and you put those bad the bad aspects about yourself hidden away so when you get triggered you trigger one of those bad aspects of yourself and you have the rage or you know and you fly off the handle um that's that's what's happening is that you're triggering those but you, all the good things so I was good at music I was good at science I was good at math so all those things were oh Mairead is great, great at science Mairead is great at math Mairead is great at music Mar- you know all, all these things and then all the other bits I couldn't spell properly that was <laughs> um so the real the shadow work is going into the shadow uh, and and pulling out those parts of yourself and starting to love them again so uh, what, how I would describe it is, you know, little barriers on your heart and, and taking them apart one at a time and having a look at it and going, yeah, sometimes I can be really cocky and confident. Is that a bad thing? You know, and then I love that part of myself. Or sometimes I can hate my body, but I love that part of myself now. It's fine. Hate your body. Whatever. Tomorrow I'm going to think I'm fucking amazing. You know, and it's about, I'm not sure if I'm explaining that really well, but it's about bringing that into balance. Yeah. And um, I suppose, I'll try and give an example. He says to kind of honour that part of yourself as much as you honour all the bits that everybody says is brilliant about you. And that that is, for me, that is the real self-love journey, is not trying to change who you are, not trying to be the better version of yourself, you're already perfect. You're not, there's no better version of you. You are the perfect version of yourself. It's about accepting it and loving it. And people are like, but how do you love yourself? Like, have you said, I love you in the mirror? I have a little post-it note on my mirror in the bathroom in the last four years that says, I love you. And every time I go into the bathroom, I look at myself and say, I love you. Do my teeth, I love you. And it's amazing how that little practice and can change how you feel about yourself you know and so that's what I really I suppose what my I feel like my purpose is in this and this is why I've landed here is to teach people like proper self-love and what that means it's you know it's loving yourself all the time sometimes I get angry it's not all love and light all the time I don't go around going I'm so great you know, all the time and everything's wonderful in the universe. I don't do that. I'm very real about all of this. And if I have an angry day, if I have a depressing day, if I have certain thoughts, I love all of them. I just go, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. And you're you're here. And if I have a trigger, I have people in my life that still trigger me. If I have a trigger that day and I, I just go, oh, hi. what are you about? And I kind of look at it through the eyes of curiosity. And it might be something that I get to learn about myself. And another part of myself that I get to look, you know, so when I get triggered, I get excited. Oh, what's that about? You know, I don't bash myself in the head anymore. You know, yeah, it's like there's something to learn there. Yeah. There's always more to learn. We are like limitless beings. 
that it just are there's no end to it and and it's a it's a, just a full journey of loving and living and learning uh, uh, everything about it so that was Amazing. a bit of a rant <laughs> yeah no to, so to finish up if people want to find you or if they want to if they're interested in um, maybe doing a bit of work with you what like tell us a little bit about your business what you offer and where people will find you I'm on Instagram, uh, Cali Rise Wellness, CaliRiseWellness.com. Um, I'm also Mairead at gmail.com, which is really easy to remember. Um, and what I do is I do one-on-one sessions. I do one-on-one Reiki. I do one-on-one yoga. I'm doing a group kirtan workshop, um, possibly in Dublin soon. Um, but I do them from the house. Um, I do, there's a full moon gathering in Wicklow Town every full moon. And I'm there doing my kirtan and trying to get people to start singing Hare Krishna. Um, and I'm do, I work really closely with this girl called Emma and she is Cronchio Healing. And we are doing a retreat in September uh, in Sheepock House, just outside of Oka. And that is a, a full weekend of, you know, we talk about spirits and angels and it's just a free space with no judgment where we can, you know, talk about all that stuff and, you know, actually be okay with talking about it. And, and we take you through different workshops um, to open up different chakras and there's all sorts to be had and lots of giggles as well. And even some wine, if you amazing. want. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, very good. Sounds amazing. Um, last question before we finish up. What does the word health mean to you? Health. Help. Oh God, we're talking to you an ex-clinical biochemist here. My my first, obviously, <laughs> my first instinct was hospital. You know, yeah. um, I'm putting thing. you on the spot now. I know oh, it's one that I ask everyone at the end because it's interesting to because everyone has a different perspective. I'll talk for a minute to give you time to think. <laughs> um, but just in a couple of sentences, to you personally, what do you? need to feel healthy what do i need to feel healthy that i had a different answer that is not that answer but i'll go about the first thing i think of was health to me is kind of like wellness do you mean like being well yeah. um that is knowing that i deserve to feel joy that's where i feel yeah. the healthiest yeah. is is that what do i need to do to be healthy um amazing support around me and part of my process was opening up to the amazing support that I have around me so once I did that that is super because you can't do it on your own yeah amazing thank you so much that's such a great yeah. place to finish so thank you for coming on to the podcast I really enjoyed it I so much I'm like I'm not gonna be able to sleep tonight I'll be lying there thinking about everything you said like I wonder oh my god will anyone appear to me tonight just the last, just the last thing sorry was I, I wrote I started writing poetry in that time as well and I have <laughs> written a poetry book that's called feel everything with love um if anybody wants it it's just um little poems that I heard in, in the process of healing in the last three years so people think is this on can people access this on your website uh, yes and on, it's on Amazon as well book Amazon website amazing I'll put all this info on the um in the show notes afterwards so that people will be able to to access it and uh, Ray thank you so much Hello, lovely to chat to you you too you so much for listening and I really hope that you enjoyed the episode and you got as much out of it as I did 
So before I finish up, I just want to say a few quick words on my eight week Nourish, Move and Shine program. So the Nourish, Move and Shine program is group coaching specifically designed for busy ladies. So busy mums, busy professionals, a mix of both. Um, With individual check ins each week, it has all the perks of the one to one coaching with the support and atmosphere and community of the group coaching so it really is win-win um, so I'm a busy working mum of three myself so I know the challenges that you face I know how difficult it can be to make time for yourself sometimes it can feel impossible so um, I do get it um, it is suitable for anyone who wants to make healthy changes to their lives so anyone from beginners to people looking for a reset and a re- refocus It's not a restrictive diet. You won't get a meal plan. I don't believe in meal plans. And it's about making small changes gradually to build the foundations for lasting change. So what's included? Personalized calories and hand portions, food lists, step goals, at home or gym based workouts, whichever you prefer. You'll have four workout programs to choose from. Mindset work, which is a huge, important part of the program, which I think sets it apart from a lot of programs out there. Um, you will have app access. You'll be in a WhatsApp group for support, which is always a fantastic resource and um, great community. One-to-one support through email and WhatsApp. So you'll have access to me one-to-one on WhatsApp and um, and email as well. Fun challenges throughout the eight weeks, measurements and progress checks every four weeks. We don't take our weight or measurements or photos every week. We do it every four weeks because who has time to be doing it every week? And I don't think that it's particularly beneficial to be doing it every single week. But you will have your weekly check in form to fill out and you will hear back from me individually every week. So there is no hiding from me. Uh, There's no hiding in this program, but you will always be met met with kindness, understanding and never judgment. I don't take that drill sergeant approach, but I'm very much kind of solution orientated and will help guide you for the week ahead to overcome whatever obstacles you're facing to reach your goals. So if you're interested, contact me on any of my social media, um, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Kate Hamilton Health. There's a link in the bio of each of those pages as well where you can actually sign up and um, you can also do so on my website, which is katehamiltonhealth.com. So it runs every eight weeks throughout the year. So then as I'm recording this, we are going into the current one on the 10th of July, but there will also be a program starting early September and again in late October. So they'll be there'll be two more programs after the so there'll be July, September, and end of October will be the last for this year. And we will have more in the new year then again also. So I will chat to you all again soon.